Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Obviously we're doing a, a series on real faith and, and the living out of the, the Christian faith and our walk with God and what that looks like. And we've heard some wonderful messages and I was just praying and worshipping God one time and God um, spoke this to me of what he wanted me to preach and it wasn't something I w- was kind of thinking of preaching about um, but you know when God speaks we, we obey and we listen and so I just want to just start with um, what it says here in Luke 17 I'm just going to read a couple of verses just to kind of show what I want to preach on it says here in Luke 17 verse 3 to 5 Jesus says he says take heed to yourselves if your brother sins against you rebuke him and if he repents forgive him and if he sins against you seven times a day and, and seven times in a day, returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. What I want to preach on today is, is faith for forgiveness. It takes, it takes great faith to live a life of forgiveness, and it requires faith to believe that God will do this miracle in you and in your heart to give you a heart that's loving and, and forgiving and, and merciful but also that his words become the binding authority in our lives, that they, what Jesus says is how we live, and there is no compromise, there is no gray area for us, and that also in, trust, in doing this, we're trusting that God has a, has a reward for us, that he, will eternally, he is the eternal judge, and in living a life of forgiveness and of mercy, that we are trusting that God is, is the one that rewards us, and, it, and is the one that sees us and honors our work. So, it takes great faith to live a life of forgiveness. And I want to just go through now what, why we forgive and what forgiveness looks like, but then also with the faith it requires to live a life of forgiveness. So if you go with me to Matthew 18, I'm just going to go through just a couple of passages in the Bible that I think really highlight this. And this is um, Matthew 18. I'm just going to read from verses 21 to 35, and this is the parable that Jesus spoke from. It says here, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him and owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. 
So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you if from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. You know, this parable is unique in all the parables that Jesus taught because it is basically, to my knowledge, one of the only times where God relates and equates what you do with what he does. You know, when Jesus teaches on prayer, God doesn't pray. When Jesus teaches us these things, it is to live the Christian life, but in the terms of forgiveness, Jesus gives it in another parable, shows you what he does versus what we should do. He equates who he is and what he does continually and what he did through Jesus at the cross, through the gospel, like we were singing earlier. He equates that with then how we should live. Giving us the very example of, in this parable, how he is tying what his own actions with our actions. And this is why forgiveness is one of the hardest things in the Christian life, because in forgiving, you are actually having, you're actually having control of a situation. It's almost like, to, to say it bluntly, it's almost like you are playing the role of God in a situation. You know, sometimes when you're living in great faith, you're praying and you're, you're seeking God, and you're, you're praying for God to, to do an answer to prayer or a miracle. But when you choose to forgive someone, you're the one acting that out. You're the one that is almost in the, in the authority of the believer, in the mercy of God, you are then choosing whether to give that mercy out to someone else. And that's why one of, forgiveness is one of the harder things, because it, it sits all in your hands in terms of how you act and how you respond. And it's one of the hardest things that we can do. It's where we have the authority of God in the situation, not just asking Jesus to intervene, but we actively choose the outcome. We actively choose whether they receive forgiveness or not, regardless of whether they say sorry or repent. And you know, why do we forgive? Forgiveness isn't just about ourselves. There is, sadly, there is, there is a teaching that's come into the church that, although true, it will say, you know, the reason we forgive is, is because we don't want the poison to enter our own heart, or the reason we forgive is so that we won't be corrupted. And although that is 100% true, and that is a great blessing of, of forgiving, that is not why we forgive. The reason we forgive is not for me. I don't, I, it's, not, it's not a self-serving gospel. This isn't forgiving just so I have a better day. The, the parable that Je Jesus never told his disciples, hey, I want you to forgive just to make sure you're okay. You know, when Jesus taught this, he said, the reason you forgive is because you have been forgiven of so much. And that's why the, the teaching of the gospel, the teaching of Christ and him crucified, the teaching of, of this isn't a, an elementary thing or just something you do day one of being a Christian and you go on from it. Because if you miss out on the gospel, or if that becomes foreign to you, or if the cross becomes an old message, then all of these other things fall out of place. All of a sudden, you're forgiving just so you feel better about yourself, or you're you're doing these things just to get by, but you forget the reason why we forgive. You forget the reason why we live the Christian life is because of Christ himself. It's because God gave us Jesus as the great payment for us. Like we were singing earlier, that he went on the cross, and we thank you, Jesus, for the cross. And when we get the gospel in center, when we get, the, when we get Jesus Christ at the center of it all, then forgiveness flows out from that, and it becomes natural because of the, because of the focus on what he did for us rather than just us trying to be a good Christian. And it's so important to understand why we forgive, because it is about Christ. And even though, it makes, even though it does give us a pure heart, even though it makes us not carry bitterness and resentment, which is wicked, but it's actually because of Jesus himself. That is the root of it. That is the cause of why we forgive. 
You know, it says it in um, Ephesians 4.32. It says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. There also, it's speaking about how we forgive because God forgives us through Jesus. God displayed his forgiveness through the giving of his own son. You know, in this parable, again, it speaks about the, 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 the great weight of forgiveness or the great debts that were paid. It speaks of the, the 10,000 talents that, that we are forgiven of by the master speaking of God. And it speaks of the 100 denarii, which we are owed from one another. To put that into today's money, that's kind of like, um, if you convert that, that's kind of like $25 billion versus $10,000. To put that into, to convert that into, I don't know, another metric, it would, like, it would be like saying the sin, imagine someone sinned against you or did you wrong for a whole day. Okay, they betrayed you. They did you, they did you so much wrong for a whole day. To then equate then what God forgave you of, that one day then, then in comparison is, if you do that conversion, it's 6,850 years. It's not even close. The, the amount you've been forgiven versus what you need to forgive another doesn't even come close. And that's why forgiveness in the Christian life isn't a negotiable. When God says you must forgive, he's not, he's not saying unless it's a really bad thing. Although there are awful things, and, and I'm sure there are awful traumas and things people go through that is really tough and really difficult. I'm not saying forgiveness is easy, but, but forgiveness has to be the answer. As a Christian, there is no, when you know about Jesus, when you know about the cross, when you know about what God has done in giving us his son, forgiveness cannot be a, a, a side issue or, or, or something that we may do one day. It has to be something that we choose every day. And actually, it's a great, when we live in unforgiveness, it's actually a great mishandling of the authority of the believer. You know, a couple of verses before that parable, it, Jesus says the, the, the phrase that we use a lot, and he says, you know, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we say, we say you know, amen to all of that, especially in prayer and in, in when you're, you know, you've got attacks from the enemy or you're, you're going through great hardships. We'll, we'll proclaim that in taking our authority. But also it speaks to the authority we have as the believer in, in everything. It's not, just, it's not just in prayer or, or taking authority in a situation. It's also in, in forgiving someone. You know, the, Christian, the authority of the believer is you have received the great mercy of God, and if you, if you choose not to give that mercy out to one another, you're mishandling the authority that God's given you. You know, if, if you see there in the, in, the, in, the, um, in the parable, the servant had authority over that other servant and still locked him up. He still, had, he still chose someone. That's speaking of, of, the, of the consequence of unforgiveness. And, and even in that, it, the servant still had authority, but in his unforgiveness, he mishandled the authority that was given to him. And Jesus doesn't, and God doesn't see this as a side issue. You see, when, when he was speaking to the, when the master found out what the servant did, he didn't just say, hey, that, that's a bad thing you've done, or let's talk about it, or that's questionable. He said, he said you wicked servant. He sees unforgiveness. You know, a lot of times, in our world, we'll, we'll kind of rank sin, and we'll say unforgiveness is kind of at the bottom of the scale, and, and the bigger things are much, much higher up. But in God's eyes, God sees unforgiveness as a major thing. Because he says, you've, I've given you such great mercy, and you've chosen not to bestow that mercy upon someone else. You've chosen to hold that in for yourself and then refuse someone else forgiveness. 
And God sees that as a great misjustice against what he has done for us. And that's why forgiveness is, is not just something we do in one area of our life. It kind of encompasses everything. And you see in the teachings of Jesus, when he talks about, he'll talk about giving, right? He'll talk about giving. He'll say, if you go to the altar and you give your offering, and as you go to give your offering, you remember that you have an offense or a difficulty against someone else. He says, I want you to leave your offering there. I want you to turn away. I want you to go to them to resolve that, then come back and give me your offering. You know, we don't hear that a lot, but, but for having forgiveness and reconciliation, God says, I, I need you to do that even before you give me an offering. You know, Wish last week was preaching on what righteous, you know, giving righteously and giving by faith, but that's also giving by faith. And giving righteously is, is making sure that you have forgiveness there with one another. And that God sees that as absolutely fundamental in all of the areas of our lives. And that is the message of the gospel. It's this, it's this plea. It's this, it's this great act of God for mercy. And that God asks us as believers, as, as children of God, to live out in that mercy toward one another. To be, a, to be the salt and light of the world. To make sure that the, the mercy and forgiveness that we have received, we don't just hold it for ourselves and then make it conditional for everyone else but that we choose forgiveness no matter what has been done upon us. You know, he even ties it with prayer. You know, Jesus, when he speaks in Luke 11, and he talks about, you know, um, taking, you know, great faith, you know, for the mustard seed, you can command this mountain to move. Straight away he says, you know, speaking about prayer, he says, but if you have any unforgiveness towards another one, that you forgive them. Again, Jesus tying effective and fervent prayer with forgiveness. You know, Jesus doesn't see forgiveness as just like an abstract thing that sits over there. He sees it as touching every area of the Christian life. And that's why it's so important to live a life of forgiveness. It's extending the mercy of God to one another. And sometimes we will, we will hide behind it being a process. And, and sometimes it is a process where God is dealing with us to forgive someone. But sometimes we'll use it and we'll just say, we'll just say flippantly, oh, God is dealing with me to forgive that person. And there's no... There's no reverence there or no understanding of the need to be someone that's forgiving and merciful. This isn't something that I can just do that one day down the line. It's when you realize the great forgiveness that we've received, the great mercy. You want to be in a place where God, help me to forgive straight away. Help me to have a heart that's merciful and forgiving all the time. I don't want it to be a 10-year process. I don't want it to be something that I'll deal with later. I want to, live, I want to forgive others right now. And I want to be merciful regardless of whether they repent or not. And sometimes it can be just a prayer to God. You know, you can pray and you can say, God, I Lord, I pray that you would make me a merciful and forgiving person. Give me a heart that is forgiving and merciful, that sees people through the eyes of what Christ Jesus has done. Help me to have that. And you know what? As a, as a prayer, uh, there are a few prayers that will, that will excite or bring joy to God's heart more than asking for a meek and for a merciful and for a forgiving heart. For, for a heart that truly is pure. God will do a great miracle in you if you ask for that. So that's why we forgive. And now I want to talk about the, the faith it requires to forgive. So if you turn to Psalm 105, I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. This is Psalm 105. I'm just going to read verses 17 to 19. It says here, it says, He sent a man before them. Joseph was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. 
until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. You know, in the New Living Translation, I just want to read this real quick because I think it says it quite good. So in verse 19, it says, Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. You know, before God's purpose or his great plan can be fulfilled in your life, he's looking to form and mould you into that. He's looking to prepare you into that. And, you, and the backdrop of Joseph, just to, I'm sure everyone knows the story, but just to kind of bullet point through it, he, he was born... God speaks to him. God reveals to him in a couple of dreams how he's going to be highly exalted, how he's going to have this God's amazing plan for his life. It's going to be of great stature and, and honor and, and responsibility above all of his brothers. And then his brothers sell him, to, sell him into slavery. He then goes into slavery. He still works unto the Lord, gets promoted in the king's palace to then have a place of honor. Then he gets betrayed by the king's wife, goes into prison, almost to be killed. He's then in that prison, in the midst of that prison, and here it is where the scripture says, until the word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. In other words, he was in that prison, and even though he'd, been reject- even though he'd had injustice done against him two times, he is still in that prison. He's working unto the Lord. He is forgiving those. He was serving those in the prison, in the same prison cell as him. He is serving the prison guard. He is living a forgiven life. He is forgiving those around him, showing mercy, even though he's still in the midst of great injustice. And it said the word of the Lord was testing him in that time. You know, sometimes I think we look at the will of God for our lives and we look at it as in a term of a position or or a career or a relationship or or the resources that come to us. And although that is a wonderful blessing, I don't want to minimize that, and that is definitely a huge part of God's will, but God's will is also looking to form and mold us. It says in Romans 8 that the great call of Christian life is to be conformed into the image of his son. That that God isn't just looking to to get you into a position, but God's looking to mold you and make you into into Christ Jesus himself. And that in that time, I would say this, that even in that time in prison, that was part of God's will because he was molding and shaping Joseph. He was testing his character. He was refining him and preparing him. And it takes great faith for that. It takes great faith when, when things are being done against you. When you know it's a great injustice. You know that you are being treated wickedly. And if anything, you are being held down in a lower position like he was in prison. And pe- other people are being exalted despite them being so wicked. But you still have to forgive. And God doesn't see it as an optional. He doesn't see it as a, you know, I totally understand where you're going. If you want to keep that unforgiveness, I totally get it. God is saying, no, no, no you have to forgive. And God sees it as a, as a serious thing. And it takes faith to forgive because even when what you're doing when you forgive is you're believing that God sees you in secret. You know, there, there are multiple times you have to forgive people and they don't say sorry. They don't come to you and repent and you still need to forgive them. And in doing that, what you're saying is, God, I know that you have total authority. I know that even when I forgive them in secret, even if no one sees me forgive them, even if I don't get any reward from anyone else, I know that, God, you will reward me. That you will honor my decisions in this. You will honor when, when I'm in secret and I'm, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for their family. I'm praying for their lives. Even in the midst of them doing me wrong, I'm praying for them. And I know, God, that you are seeing that in secret. You're seeing my heart that is, that is pure and genuine towards them, that I'm not harboring this against them. I'm not holding this against them but I'm choosing to forgive them and show them the, 
just some of the mercy that you have shown me. And in choosing that, in saying that, you're taking great faith because you're saying, God, I believe that you are the one that promotes and I don't promote. That you are the one that honours. I don't find my own honour. You honour me. That's what it says in the scriptures. It says, exalt yourself under the might. Sorry, put yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon him. That is submitting yourself and yielding yourself to the words of Jesus. Making them binding upon your heart and on your life. Even if you don't want to forgive, even if you know they're not going to get the consequences for their actions, or you know that, that in your whatever, whatever scenario you're in, you know they're not, you're not going to be treated well for this, or you're not going to get rewarded for this, you're saying, God, I, I trust you. And that, God, I'm going to go your way, even if no one else sees, and even if no one else honors. And it takes great faith to forgive in, in those times. In doing that, in choosing forgiveness, you're denying your flesh and you're denying the opportunity for vengeance and for justice from yourself. You know, it speaks in Romans about how, you know, if our enemy asks for food, we give them food. If they need, if they need a drink, you give them a drink. And in doing that, you're entrusting vengeance upon God, not on yourself. You're not saying, I'm the judge here. You're saying, God's the judge. You're not saying, I'm taking matters into my own hands. You're, you're yielding and submitting yourself to God where he is able to then work in your life. You know, the will of God, sometimes I think, we'll, pr we'll pray and we'll confuse the will of God where we think we can move God's will, where we're going in a certain direction and we can kind of shift where, God where God's will is. But really, when we are talking about the will of God, it's talking about us aligning ourselves with God's will. It's talking about us yielding and submitting ourselves to God so his will is able to work in our lives. And in doing that, when you choose forgiveness, it's like you are, you are tying yourself onto God's will. And that when you do that, that's not just God's will in that one area. That is God's will to be able to work in your life, both in you and through you. There are wonderful testimonies that I can't share here on, on, of awful situations that people have had to forgive in other countries where it's, it is a dire situation and they've had to choose forgiveness. And in doing that, it's not just God's will working in that one relationship but it's God's will working all through their life and the marvellous plans of God are being revealed just because they chose forgiveness and mercy, even in the face of unforgiveness and injustice. You know, when you do that, you are, you are aligning yourself to God's will and that's not limited just to one relationship or one scenario. That is tying yourself to the fullness of God's will when we choose to always forgive and in doing these things. You know, we'll often pray... We'll often pray and we'll say these things. We'll say, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is, it is a wonderful prayer. It's the prayer of God. It is, God, is what Jesus said himself, right? You can't get your prayers much wrong if you, if you quote the words of Jesus. But oftentimes we'll use that and we'll talk about the power of God, but we'll never talk about the heart of God. You know, in, in, in heaven, there's no bitterness in heaven. There's no resentment. There's no jealousy. There's no competition. There's no self-promotion in heaven. There is no choosing yourself before others. There's no unforgiveness in heaven. Why is it, why is it kind of not be your kingdom come, your will be done on, my, in, on earth in my heart as it is in heaven? Why does it always have to be an external thing? Why can't it be, God, make, help, God, I pray that you would make this a reality in my heart. I don't want to hold up business and unforgiveness. Your word says that we must forgive. And I want this to be the, the, the unmovable pillar of my life to be forgiving and merciful. That's why Jesus says in the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
You know, God greatly rewards those who are merciful. There is a greater, there's a great mercy that God gives to those who choose mercy. And we can pray this. We can pray in faith that God will, create, will do this miracle in our hearts. That he will give us a pure and loving heart. A heart that isn't holding things against one another. When we realize how great the forgiveness and the debt that has been washed from us through Jesus Christ on the cross. And it is a wonderful thing. And it, and it takes great faith to live that life. And it is a forgiveness no matter what. It is a forgiveness no matter what. And, and even if it's, if it's taking you time, you, you, pray and, and you, me, you pray and you mean it. And you say it in, in reverence and humility. You ask God to, make, to do that work in you, to make you someone that forgives or merciful or to forgive that person or that situation or whatever you're in. But you choose forgiveness always because it's the way of Jesus. You know, I want to just read one more quick passage and then I'll invite the worship up because I know we're getting on time-wise. But it says here, reading this yesterday, and it says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. And it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to breathe a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You know, this, lo- this life of a... Of a constant, unconditional forgiveness isn't just a, a fantasy land. It's not just something that, you know what, that'll be when I'm in heaven and I'm a, and I, I, up there one day I can live in that. That is what God wants us to live in today, is to choose mercy, to choose love, to choose compassion, to choose forgiveness. And this life isn't a, a self-generating life. This isn't something that we propel or we start or we choose, but it is the working of God in us, that God wants to do this work in us, and he is able and he is willing to do this, to make us pure, to make us meek, to make us merciful and forgiving in everything, to be a true light in the world. And that reason we forgive is is the overflow of what Christ has done for us. It is the overflow of of the cross, like we were singing earlier. When we Bring, when we see it through the message of Calvary, when we see it through what Jesus has done, that forgiveness doesn't become this, this huge, insurmountable thing, that, man, I, I can't forgive that person. That was a, a huge trauma that I lived out in my childhood or, or whatever. But you see forgiveness through the eyes of Jesus, and forgiveness becomes a, becomes a very easy thing through, through the, the light of him. What's that song? It says... Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That the, the things of everything else grow, they become dimmer and dimmer in, the, in, the, in the, the focus, in the lens of the grace of God upon us. If I could invite Tom up and the, and the worship team up. You know, in those scriptures there, it speaks about the great propitiation. It, it speaks about a, a, a great forgiveness. The, 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 the forgiveness we see, that word it literally means that it's a paying of the debt of the covering of all of our sin. It means literally Christ came and in his dying and in his resurrection, he covered all of our sin. 
So other scriptures say that it was nailed to the cross, that, that that sin is no longer, God does no longer holds that against us, but he is showing us the very mercy and forgiveness that he shows Jesus. He, the same mercy towards Christ he shows towards us because of the cross and because of his great, and the great payment and the debt that has been paid on our behalf. That this is the greatest forgiveness we ever have is our own sin against God, that everything else pales into comparison with what God did for us through Jesus Christ. And you see, in these scriptures, it is very black and white. It says here, it says, if you do not love, it says you do not know God. You know, there is no beating around it. There is no debate. If you are, if you are living in unforgiveness, if you are choosing to be unmerciful to others, if you are choosing to harbour and hold people's fault against us, to look at the speck in someone else's eye, neglecting the plank that, that Christ removed from our own, if we are, if we are doing these things, we, are, we don't truly know God. And we truly, we are missing out on the fullness of the gospel. If this is what we're living, if we're choosing to harbour unforgiveness towards another, we're not living the faith that Christ has called us to live. We're not living in faith anymore. We're living in just treating others as we ourselves have been treated. We're just doing unto others as they've been done to us. And no longer in faith are we following the ways of Jesus. You know, Paul had this in, in Ephesians 4.20, there was these carnal Christians, these Christians that were just kind of, just doing the things of the world. And Paul could have said loads of things against them. He could have said, you know, you guys need to pray more, which could be, which would be true, or you guys need to do this, or you need to go on that course, or you need to do this. But you know what Paul says in 4, Ephesians 4.20, he says, but you have not so learned Christ. He said, if you are living this way, if you are going down this path, this dangerous path, this, this, this path that only leads to death, if you are choosing to, like the parable said, to lock someone else up over what they've done to you, he's saying you haven't yet learned about Jesus Christ, that, the, that Jesus Christ and him crucified, the fullness of the gospel, you have not yet learned that, if this is the way you're living. And it's the same with forgiveness. If you're choosing to live unforgiven, I'll, I'll say to you today, you you have not yet learnt the fullness of Christ. That the fullness of the gospel of Jesus has not yet been revealed to you and through you because you are still choosing unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And this is what I, I want to pray for us, for us all now, that we would have hearts and, and that God would show that to us and that if, there are any things, if there's anything that we need to make reconciliation with someone or we need to forgive them, that, he would, that God would, would enlighten that to us that then we can prove ourselves faithful to God, that we can, we can mend that, we can fix that. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.